0: Do you ever wish that the communication in your relationship were a little bit better? Well, there are lots of ways to improve your communication skills. However, not all of those ways are actually going to help you in your relationship. That's because many of the conventional ways that we're taught to improve our communication could actually create more disconnect with our partner When what we're trying to do is build connection and build intimacy, even when we're talking about challenging things. So I put together a free guide for you. It's called my top three relationship communication secrets. And these are three things that are easy to put into practice, but will have an enormous impact on your ability to stay connected with your partner while you talk about anything, the sweet things or the challenging things. To get the guide, all you have to do is visit neilsatin.com slash relate, and that's R-E-L-A-T-E, or you can text the word relate to the number 33444 and follow the instructions, and I will send you a link where you can download the free guide. It's three simple things that will have an enormous impact on the communication in your relationship. All right on with the show. Hello and welcome to another episode of Relationship Alive. This is your host, Neil Satin. How do you keep your life from getting boring? Just your life in general and especially your life with your partner. How do you keep yourself from performing the same old things over and over again, especially when they don't get the results that you're looking for? Whether it's you're getting into fights with your partner, or things just don't have that same spark and juice that they had in the past. Or maybe it's the things that you know and love, but they just are, are losing a little bit of that sparkle. Um, how do you, how do you reclaim that energy that comes from being fully alive with your partner the way that you were probably when you met? Um, and if you're single, how do you bring the energy of being fully you into the excitement and nervousness of going out on dates and meeting new people and trying to discover whether or not that person who's sitting across the table from you or um, you know, bowling the 10 pins in front of you, whether they are the person that you want to be with for a long time. Well, today we are going to answer these questions and more with an expert on improvisation and how to apply the skills of improvisation in your life and in your uh, relationship. Her name is Kathy Salet, and she is the author of Performance Breakthrough, A Radical Approach to Success at Work. Now, you might be asking, well, at work, what does that have to do with at home, in love, etc.? Well, you'll find out that it has a lot to do with all of that, because at the heart of it, we are always performing. We are always Engaged in this dance of improvising with everything that the world brings to us. And the question is, what kind of performance are you giving? Is it the same old, same old? Are you phoning it in? Or are you finding ways to be really engaged in your own life and engaged with curiosity about what's happening with your partner so that you can really build with each other? Now, Kathy is an expert at unearthing that material that lies within each of us to be authentic and at the same time to try on something different and that's about all i need to say about kathy i'm going to let her say the rest before i do i just want to point out a couple things the first is that we are going to do a giveaway to a lucky listener of a copy of kathy's book performance breakthrough so if you're interested in qualifying for that all you have to do is download the show notes for this episode which you can find at neilsatin.com performance or you can simply text the word passion to the number 33444, and follow the instructions. And I'll send you a link where you can download the show notes, and that will qualify you for the book giveaway. And you'll have to do that in order to qualify for the giveaway, you'll have to do that within the first, let's say, seven to ten days of when this episode is live. But we will make sure that the show notes are detailed with all of the fun uh, and creative exercises and information that Kathy's going to dish out today. So do grab the show notes, even if the window for the giveaway has passed. Okay. Really excited for today's conversation. Kathy Salit, thank you so much for joining us here today on Relationship Alive.
1: Well, thanks so much for having me, Neil. I've been looking forward to our conversation.
0: Great. Yeah, I'm really excited, too. And we were chatting beforehand that your colleagues with Patty Stiles, who is on this show way back in episode 17, around uh, the turn of last year, the end of 2015, um, where we talked about improv and improv skills. And I've really wanted to spice things up on the podcast to show people not only like typical ways of problem solving in relationship, but also... Um, Bringing in skills from a diverse range of, of professions and, and, uh, skill sets that, that you wouldn't necessarily think of, but they're kind of a no-brainer once you get there. So I'm, I'm really excited to have you here on the show to, uh, go over some of the core values around what makes good improv and also to really dive into this question of, How do you be authentic, like more and more authentically you while you're doing these different things that don't feel natural, don't necessarily feel like you? And maybe that's a good place to start, if you don't mind.
1: Sure thing. Uh, Yeah, I think it's a great place to start. So, yeah, here's here's what sort of is the is the basis for uh, my book and also for the work that, that we do uh, both with organizations and with individuals who work inside organizations. And, you know, as you said earlier, Neil, uh, the book is sort of focused and our work is focused on people in their relationships at work. Um, but uh, those are relationships too. And there's a lot that you can learn and work on in those kinds of environments that has um, relevancy uh, in your everyday life and in your relationships with people at home and in your personal life. So, and it's funny actually, because I came to using performance and using improvisation, not from the vantage point of the workplace, but having to do with personal development. So um, that's sort of my origins, if you will. So here's the basic idea. The, The idea is that we are all natural born performers. We, we, we perform, we play, we imagine, we create, we experiment. As children, it's, you know, it's what we do that enables us to learn and to grow and to develop, but we're not conscious of it. It's not something that we, you know, think about because, you know, we don't even know what anything is when we're children, when we're babies, we're, we're just playing. It's a, uh, we're built to play and we're built through play. And um, so we have this innate capacity to perform and to pretend. um, And uh, when we use that capacity, when we reinitiate and tap into that capacity as adults, then what we're doing is we're, we're, we're putting ourselves into the space where we can continue to grow, we can continue to stretch, continue to experiment. And I think that's really, really important for building and for being part of healthy and dynamic relationships, if you have a relationship where the you you everyone who is involved is growing, is focused on trying new things and and tapping into our natural ability to improvise and to play, and that I think is. Authentic. <laughs> you know, um Walt Whitman, uh you know, poet, humorist, guy from Brooklyn, uh said one of my favorite quotes. He goes, Do I contradict myself? Very well then. I contradict myself. I am large, I contain multitudes. And and so, you Neil, know, we contain multitudes. We we are many different ways. And um performing and that whole idea of like wow i could perform in different ways i can i can make choices uh and and break out of my scripts uh my sort of habitual scripts that's an expression of our humanity and i believe our authenticity so far from it being the case that we are only one way and we have to be authentic and true to that one way we are we are multiple versions of ourselves. And that's what I think we want to give greater expression to uh, in order to live happier and fuller and more connected lives.
0: Yeah, that um, I think when you used that quote, the Whitman quote in your book, I read it and I, it gave me chills. I felt like, wow, that's like the most apt use of that quote I think I'd ever read or experienced Um and on the show, we've, we actually had a guest, uh, Dick Schwartz, who's the creator of, um, internal family systems, which is a really amazing way of doing inner work, uh, and getting to know all the different parts within you. That, uh, was way back in episode 26. And, but we were looking at it from this, um, from this lens of how you have all these parts that are sometimes at war with each other, and how do you reconcile those differences, and how do you take care of the parts that are maybe interfering in your daily life, you know, because they're throwing tantrums or shutting mm. down, that sort mm-hmm. of thing. Yeah, so, yeah. so, so we we're looking at it that way. And then I love this idea too that we have, other parts where we're we're able to take on these roles and imagine uh what life would look like through the eyes of you know Arnold Schwarzenegger or the <laughs> eyes of um, someone who intimidates us or yes. yeah. um, the eyes of someone who is intimidated by us, just as a few examples
1: mm mm-hmm. yeah, yeah
0: yeah, so I'm curious to find out um. Well, first, you alluded to it and I want to set the stage well for everyone listening. Um, You alluded to this, like how we develop as through the act of performing and in your book, Performance Breakthrough, you talk about this science of developing and the becoming principle that that you work with in uh, Performance of a Lifetime, your organization. Um, So how is that different, this becoming principle and versus like this other way of acting, which is like, I don't know, I guess like somehow you should know everything already.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, So the becoming principle works with this idea that we are not it's very connected to what we were just talking about. So we're not just who we are. We are who we are. And who we are not yet, uh, who we are becoming and um, you know if you think about back to the example of what we do when we are little kids, you know we've all had this experience where either with our own children or with other people's children's you know that you know you hear a little baby make the adorable baby sounds you know they babble and <laughs> squeal and they, and then we respond to them uh, by saying things like oh okay sweetie pie let me go get you your milk you know and you're like mm. <laughs> you know we're like oh like, yeah that's right sweetheart that's a doggy and we we relate to the child both as who they are which is you know six months old, you know, a little, little, little new, newborn, you know, brand spanking new human being who poops and makes sounds and doesn't do much more, you know, sleeps. And we relate to them as who they are not yet. We know that they will become speakers. And so we talk to them, we talk to them and we relate to them as if they, with that recognition that, you know, they're both who they are and who they are not yet. And actually that kind of relationship, that kind of interaction, uh, you know, million times over is what brings the child into the language speaking community. It literally is, you know, what enables them to learn to speak. And so, you know, if you think about growing and if you think about Um, you know, what does it take to do things that you don't know how to do, whether that's in relationships or whether that's in other aspects of life is you have to both be who you are, where you are, you know, and you've, you got to perform in ways that are, that don't feel natural, that don't feel like you because they're not who you are yet. Uh, And so, you know, when you were talking before Neil about these different parts of ourselves, I think it's both, things that are, if you will, within us. And I think that by performing, we both discover and create parts of ourselves that haven't, that aren't in existence yet, Mm. (laughs) You, you know, and that, and that through interactions with others, by performing, by improvising, then we actually create more of who we are, if that makes sense.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's this, um, I'm imagining just trying things on like giving yourself the freedom to to I, I mean any time that I've ever like imagined myself doing something that I never did before like say hosting a podcast or right. <laughs> or uh, learning to ride a unicycle there's this act of imagining yourself in this place where like there's no there's there's no evidence around you necessarily to support that um, and honestly, for people too, and this, this goes for me, like being in relationships, most of us, until we end up with the person, and this is if we're someone who strives for like a long-term monogamous relationship, before we end up in that long-term partnership, we're in a series of, uh, quote unquote failed relationships that weren't able, where we weren't able to do it for whatever reason. So if we're gonna somehow do it, then we have to get outside of ourselves and in order to try on new ways of being.
1: Yes, yeah. And speaking of, you know, <laughs> dating, I, I happily am not dating right now. <laughs> um I've been, you know, in a relationship now for a number of years, but I had I had I had a, a long-term relationship, 20-year relationship. Uh that ended about eight years ago. And, uh, I, you know, started going out on dates and, um, and at a certain point, you know, and it was sort of unbearable. It was just sort of unbearable in, in many, many ways. And, you know, I'd be happy to talk, I'd be happy to share details, but, but one of the things that I did at a certain point was I said, you know what, I'm going to start going out on these dates and I'm going to perform as someone who is really interested in getting to know lots of different people, and you know that's going to be my performance, as opposed to, oh my God, I hope I find the right person. I really hope I like this person. You know,
0: yeah, yeah. But
1: I'm going to perform as someone who is just really interested in 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 talking to a lot of different people, and for me, it just it it made something that I found sort of tedious and and you know bordering on you know. Um, uh, unpleasant to humiliate. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, I, it made it much more interesting because the point of the conversation was, for me, it changed, if you will, in theater language, the objective of the scene and the character that I was playing was someone who just really liked to talk to a lot of different people. And, um, you know, uh, some of those people ended up now being friends of mine because of that because of that performance choice that I made, and that is doing something. I didn't really know how to do that. I didn't. I didn't. Um, I didn't know for sure if it was going to work. But I decided let me let me make another performance choice, and in the process, learn something about, you know, how to interact with new people, and um, it, it it really helped me.
0: I'm curious to know what you suggest to someone who recognizes that okay like what I'm doing it's just not quite working I mean it might be like 80% there but it's not 100% there and they not working
1: in a
0: relationship or well it really could be anything but let's just let's just say like okay I'm like I want to have this conversation with um my partner about cleaning the kitchen yeah um which never happens in this household but um <laughs> i mean the conversation that actually let's i'll I'll skip over that part because <laughs> there, it's potentially contentious here but um chloe if you're listening i i promise i'll do the breakfast dishes as soon as i'm off this interview um Uh, But so you have this thing where like you've revisited this issue over and over again. You've had the conversation the same way and you're just like, okay, this isn't working. And I would love to follow Kathy Salit's suggestion of, of trying on something new. Like how would someone else do this? Do you have any suggestions for how to inform that attempt so that it's like, it's not just, all right, how would someone else do this? But like how to get at like someone else that might really be an effective um, new role in that situation?
1: Uh, well, I have a couple of thoughts. Uh, one is... Uh I'm going to use a, a term that I, u, I refer to in the book uh, that is one, of, is one of the five fundamentals of of performance, of becoming you know and, and of growing, which is um, is to build ensembles everywhere. Mm. And so I think of relationships as ensembles, you know and and uh, so there are certain things that members of the ensemble are good at. And then there's certain things that members of the ensemble aren't good at. <laughs> you know, like you have your strengths and weaknesses. I have my strengths and weaknesses. There's things I like to do, things you don't get in so on and so forth. And sometimes it could just take recognizing that and say, oh, like you are just not good at seeing the dirty dishes in the sink. <laughs> <laughs> like it just doesn't doesn't really visualize for you. <laughs> you know, it's not something that like is important to you. Um, and so sometimes it, it could be helpful to, to sit down and talk to each other and say, what should we do about this? Cause you know, I really find this highly irritating that you never do the fricking dishes, but it doesn't really seem to bother you at all. So, What might be a way together as an ensemble, how can we change this scene? Are there other tasks in the house that you would like to do, that I do, that you could take over and then I'll do the dishes? Or um, if I sang to you while you did the dishes, would that make a difference? Uh, you, You know, and so on. But in a way to be playful with something that, you know, understandably for many of us just causes like a lot of irritation and angst to to make a decision, you know, let's play with this and, and do a different performance and see how that goes.
0: Yeah. I'm, I'm thinking about the meta picture here, which is remembering that each thing that happens in your life can be like a scene Mm
1: hmm. Yeah.
0: And and I remember you were talking about this in in your book and, and you just more or less mentioned it like. So how how do we play this scene differently in this scene? The you know, the camera comes in and it's a dirty kitchen with dishes and, you know, last night's dinner and the kids glass of milk still on the table, that sort of thing. That's the scene. And the stage is set. And now how do we play it differently? How can we experiment with that? Um
1: yeah and like and, and in that way it we sort of we change the gestalt if you will we change the environment in which this conversation is happening um you know um and i think that that's something that we often feel like we can't do because we just get stuck and we just like this is the way i feel about it you know And back to, to Whitman's quote, we also feel different. There's also, we also want the relationship to go well. We also, you know, want to be loving and we also want to have a good time and when we're together and so on. And so you can, you can choose to, to go with that, which is not a denial of the annoyance, but but you can choose to say, you know what? I'm not going to do my normal reaction. You know, instead of yelling at you about the dishes, you know, I'm going to sing a song, you know, you won't do the dishes, Neil. What am I going to do? You won't do the dishes, Neil. What am I going to do? You know what I mean? And it changes the dynamic. And and then it's like, okay, we're singing the blues about the dishes. (laughs) (laughs)
0: yeah sing it (laughs) keep singing
1: maybe it'll make chloe laugh i don't know you know
0: yeah yeah exactly exactly and in fact um you know that that's a great idea and and um i've spoken on the show about um how when we get angry at each other, we often speak in accents or we do, we use gibberish with each other. Wonderful. Um, I love this idea of just singing to each other about what's going on too and, and setting the tone of the song with uh to maybe the bluesiness of the moment or the sappy ballad or whatever it is
1: yeah and like you know trade fours you know it's like you know now you have to sing a line you know because i'd like to have a lot of crunchy stuff on my plate you know i don't know (laughs) And, you know, and I do. And obviously there are certain things that go on in relationships that are, you know, you do want to take very seriously. And then there's a lot of stuff, though, that you just don't like we can laugh at ourselves. We can say, you know, I, I will sometimes, you know, do uh, recommend this is in the workplace, but I've I've also recommended it and I've done it myself, you know, with with. Uh, colleagues who are have a very strong disagreement. I was like, "Do this, okay? This is how the scene is going. Now I want you to do the scene as a melodrama, you know." And people mm-hmm. are like, "What? You know? You know? You're not taking this seriously." I'm like, "Oh no, 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 no! I am taking it seriously. Here's what it means to take it seriously, but to take it seriously with play, and then people are able to take a look at themselves and to see what they're doing." Because there's this little bit of pretense that we're putting into it. There's a little bit of sort of deliberate performance where, you know, I must have this project report by Friday or else I will die. You know, and it's like, wow. Wow. <laughs> that seems like a little bit over dramatic, you know. <laughs> yeah, exactly the point. You know, we could do another. We can do other performances.
0: Yeah, and I'm, I'm thinking also about the uh, the exercise that seems like in some respects it was the the seed for your your work with the organization performance of a lifetime. The performance of a lifetime exercise where you yes. have people perform their entire life or or a poignant scene or two from their lives in 60 seconds yes and um and a couple things about that one is uh wow i you know just reading about it i was like ooh, that feels risky and oh that feels fun and um, one of the reasons I loved your book so much, and I definitely recommend that you, um, you know, when you're done listening to this episode, you go and check it out because it's, it's a really fun read. And on top of that, Thank there are these po- poignant moments where I was brought to tears. And those are my favorite books of all that, you know, that I read in general. And, and especially for the show here, the ones where I'm really struck by how, um, Something as simple as an exercise gets us to kind of the core of who we are and, and our experience, our human experience. And, um, so anyway, there's something in that exercise and not only the, the scenes that someone may choose to play out, but also what comes next where, um, you get to have them play someone else in that scene or, mm-hmm. And or you bring in, um, you know, in in the in, in the work environment, you bring in a colleague or something and have them play them and and you get to experience the scene from a totally different vantage point. And I'm imagining to this, like bringing this to the to the dishes or or sex or whatever it is, like what that might be like to um, to flip it around and, you know, be be the partner instead of being the partner who's not contributing to getting the dishes cleaned um not to belabor that scene um, (laughs) but playing playing the role of the other partner switching and doing that with each other consciously like i want to be you and you be me and having that be a way to really come to understand each other and have compassion for each other and maybe even come up with some creative solutions
1: yeah i i love that neil and i think that um, that is something that I often will coach people to do, uh, and with with tremendous success. And and it's um, you know I was I was uh, listening to one of your podcasts, the wonderful podcast that you did with the wonderful uh, Sheila Heen about difficult conversations, and one of the things that you guys were talking about which I loved is sometimes, you know, it's not really about the what of the conversation, it's the how and, you know, how you do that together. And, and I think that what you're describing is, is something is doing things like being much more creative with how we interact with one another, and so one of those creative choices could be let 's play one another let 's perform as each other and just the act of doing that together, of taking that kind of risk and 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 learning and growing with each other that way is so intimate and so so nourishing and like you said you you know you agree to do it it 's not like a kind of thing like this is what you sound like, you know. Um, no, it's, it's, let me take your point of view so that I can, I can get inside your shoes and, and feel what you feel. And, and in the process, not only do you learn more about the other person, but the other person learns more about themselves because you, we learn so much about who we are through the eyes of others. (laughs) You know, yeah, because- yeah.
0: And I'm, I'm also just, I love this because it's bringing so many things together. Um, by the way, the, the Sheila Heen episode, if you are curious, is episode 59. So you can go back and check that out. Um, and, and I'm seeing too that not only do you have the opportunity to, um, experience yourself through the way that your partner portrays you, but if they don't get it quite right, then it's a great opportunity to be like, oh, like this is where you got me, and this is where you're not quite getting me. And to again, and that comes almost straight out of Harville Hendrick's and Helen LeKelly Hunt's Imago dialogue, where you're really trying to mirror each other and, and make sure that you're you're getting it.
1: Yeah. And and if I would add to that, uh don't skip the step of saying, I think you didn't get me, but Could you say more about that? Because to be curious and to sort of to to sort of like be bring out the other person to be able to share more. So because you might get to a place where your first reaction is you don't get me, but there might be more than what meets the eye. And maybe they do get you. (laughs) <laughs> in ways that you don't know yet, like, mm. like, and again, I'm not saying that they always do, you, you know, you, but, but that's also a possibility. I know for myself that, um, you know, sometimes people will say things to me or will perform me if we're playing that sort of, you know, improvisational exercise. And I'll think to myself, I don't, that's not what I was saying. That's not where I'm coming from. But then I pursue it and I'm like, Oh, I get what you mean, I get what you mean, you know, because uh, sometimes we will we can hide behind the idea that well that I didn't intend to hurt you
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know, I didn't intend to say that i didn't you know, and I've learned over the years that and this is again something that I think is interesting and valuable about performance is that I no longer care whether somebody intended to do something because I get it. (laughs) Maybe you didn't intend to, you know, the fact of the matter is, is that this is what happened. This is what this is. This is the performance that happened. So what should we do about that? And similarly to me, I might not have intended to, you know, lash out at, at, you know, my sweetheart, but lash out I did. And because they're telling me I did. And, um, that's as real as anything.
0: Yeah. This might be a good point to chat or to introduce uh, performance fundamental number four, create with crap.
1: Ah, oh, my favorite. <laughs>
0: <laughs> because yeah, so much of what we're dealing with isn't exceptional roses and rainbows necessarily. Yeah. Um,
1: yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, in some ways we've been talking about that fundamental, you Neil know, without naming it. Exactly. But, but it's the idea that we all have to deal with so much crap, you know, both that we, you know, comes our way and that frankly we do, you know, so, so, is there a way that we can, rather than be tumult, totally like demoralized and depressed and angry and, you know, humiliated by it, can we, can we be creative with it, um, and, and do something new with it? And, uh, you know, so like our, our dish story is sort of an example. I have this, this, this one example, you may have read it in the book, um, of this woman, Alicia, who was actually, I was working with her uh, and the team that she was on in, in a business setting. And um, a couple of weeks after the, the work that we had done, she sent me an email um, saying that uh, her husband is, that um, she, she, she tried something new based on what she learned, uh, both from the book and from the, the workshop that we had done, which is that her husband is always late. Um, not late for work and for business stuff, for work stuff. But when it comes to family stuff, he's just always late. He he picks the kids up late. <laughs> he gets home later than he says he was going to be late, you know, home for dinner, um, you know, everything. And it just, it's been like a real bone of contention for them. And she's just been so frustrated by it and frustrated by the fact that nothing she does seems to make a difference. So um, one night apparently uh, after he was late for dinner again, she said, she said, I want to do a new, a new performance uh, with this crappy situation. Every time you're late, you have to dance with me for five minutes that night. And uh, he was like, what? <laughs> goes, that's what, that's what we're going to do. Agreed. He was like, okay, but I'm not late that much. She goes, Just, no, no. <laughs> doesn't matter whenever you're late, you know, we're just going to dance for five, five minutes. So, uh, that that's what happened. He was late three times one day. And so that night after dinner, um, they danced for 15 minutes and it was like, they fell in love again. You know, she loves to dance. He likes to dance. You know, it was a, it was sort of back to that authenticity thing. It's not like it was a negation of how she felt. She was just doing something different with how she felt, you know, and being creative with it. And so now this is this is their new sort of performance that they do every time he's late. That there's a dance party later on that evening. Um, and I was so moved by this. Uh, I thought it was so, so both courageous and creative. Uh, for Alicia to take that initiative. And that's the kind of thing that we can do.
0: Yeah, there, are, it seems like there's so many potential little lessons in just that strategy alone. Because um, I'm thinking about the ways that couples uh, can lose sight of the things that create magic in their relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and using those magical things as, uh, to to create alchemy in painful situations, um, I mean, and and I like too that it like it wasn't too extreme. You know, it wasn't like every time you're late, we're going to make love. That might be a more challenging one to pull off. Um, yeah, although I invite you to try.
1: That's um, <laughs> <laughs> good to me.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, but but yeah so so finding the the things that create magic in your relationship to to help turn painful moments around um trying out a totally new strategy it also was this great way of creating an acknowledgement of what was happening without it being um
1: blaming blaming
0: it, it, exactly yeah, yeah without yeah. there being judgment and and I'm thinking of the, the exercise that you talk about in the book around, um, making mistakes and, and mm-hmm. how, you know, in, in relating, you know, is, this happens especially in dating, but, but I think it also shuts down a lot of partnerships where people suddenly get cautious, um, because you're so vulnerable with your partner. It's so easy to trigger them or get triggered. And so people stop doing things out of fear of making mistakes. Yeah. Um, yeah. Maybe you could talk about that for a minute, to, because I'd love for everyone listening to feel like they could promote a culture in their relationship that encouraged mistake making and and the growth that can come when it's welcomed.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, the I think that the, um, the thing is that we do make mistakes, right? So we don't even have to be encouraged to make mistakes. We're human and we make so many of them. The, the thing that the opportunity that's there is to obviously like, well, what, what can we do with them? How can, as you were saying, how can we grow from them and how can not just I grow, but how can we in our relationship grow from these mistakes? And, and so, um, you know, I'm thinking of again, both in my own personal life and in coaching, sometimes it can be really helpful. You know, you have a really bad conversation or something goes down that, you know, between two people or a family or, you know, friends, you know, and it just was just awful. Oh, God. You know, it's really powerful for, for you know, one of the people or, or both, if you are sort of both working on this, you can turn to each other and say, wow that went really badly that was a really that that was a mistake we we, i didn't do that well you know and and you know the exercise by the way um i'm so glad you brought it up in the workplace and i think we should do this in in personal lives as well is you know you make a mistake and then you, you you take a bow you know, and you almost like do it, you know, like, like I made a mistake and you throw your hands up and you do what we call a circus bow, and then you get applause, you know, it's like, yay, we made a mistake. Now we can do something else. Yeah. (laughs) You know, um, but I think that there's, uh, you know, we can feel so defensive and, and feel like we have to stand on guard and like you were saying, and, you know, um, but instead of, wow, that, I really, I I wasn't very nice in that conversation. I I got so mad and I don't even know why I did. Or I just, or I feel really mad. I feel really hurt, but I don't, didn't want to say it like that. What, what could we, what could we do differently? And, um, you know, it's like taking the side of the relationship by doing that as opposed to your own personal side.
0: Hmm. Yeah, so that stance of both, um, taking responsibility, like owning I made a mistake and, mm-hmm. and I encourage listeners to consider an agreement like this in their relationship where, um, if one of you acknowledges having made a mistake, then the other does applaud and says like yes thank you like yeah, you know like yeah yeah and um because it takes you totally out of that other dynamic um of well blame and and shame that dynamic or you know we've we've even worked on an improvement to that here in the podcast where like if you do something and it doesn't go well like let's say you you create a code word so you're where you get a do over or something like that yes yes but, but even yes, this I like too. taking I like taking this a step further where it's like yeah you say the code word I made a mistake and then it's celebrated and then and then on top of that um the what can we do to handle this differently I'm so angry right now what can we do
1: Yeah yeah
0: I love how that reinforces the container of relationship the we Uh And and creating safety that comes out of collaborating and working together, Um, yeah. There's so much in that just that one little strategy, you know, little game that you could play.
1: Yeah, yeah. I think it's I think it's it it's another example of changing the scene of like saying, all right, scene two, doing a different scene than the one we were just doing. you know, Shakespeare said, "All the world's a stage," and I really do. I do think that's very valuable and important and a, and a helpful way to think about life because that gives us sort of that gives us permission. That gives us a way to 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 change it up. You know, whatever those specifics are, um, that in, that is. Is honest and consistent with our humanity.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I'm imagining with all the world's a stage and and what you mentioned before about building ensembles everywhere. It's like, as you walk out in the world, you can, you can see the people around you and be like, oh yeah, they're playing the role of, you know, the bank teller and what, you know, what role will I play right now? And, and, uh, you know so there are all these little moments that are opportunities um again great when you're dating because it's so rich when you're in the in life just to be interacting with people it's so much a better way to meet people than um than trying to feel things out online um, Yeah yeah so um and then on top of that so there's building the ensemble everywhere but then I also like um There's something in life where in the day-to-day of partnership, it can get pretty mundane. You know, like we were just talking about the dishes for 10 or 15 minutes and that can happen. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Uh, (laughs) And it was fascinating. Yeah, exactly.
0: And that's why I would love to, to chat before we go. Um, and thank you so much for being here on the show. But I want to talk a little bit about storytelling and the art of how we experience the mundane. And I have to say that the story you told in the book about Og and Ug or, you know, the <laughs> cave people, that yeah. was one of the things that brought me to tears, honestly. So. Um, um
1: it is a nice story. <laughs> it's a,
0: such a sweet story told but from the point of view of cave people. Um and uh, you know if we had time I'd read it because I think the that <laughs> listeners in their car would love it but um the but the bigger point and just to to give you a a meta like this is what that was about. It was this idea of this like caveman he goes out on the hunt, he comes back and he could just kind of report what happened, you know, back to his wife. But instead, um, he tells the story of what happened and it moves readers. He performs,
1: he performs the
0: story. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. He performs it and it moves people, you know, millennia later, like me to tears. Um, so yeah. How can we bring that performing the stories in our life? Um, whether it's like what you did today or, what you're hoping for the coming weekend or you, how do you bring that art of storytelling? Um, and I love how you just like we're all performers. We're all in this position to, to be a captivating storyteller, to not bore yeah. people to tears with the details of our lives.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, here's a, it's a slightly indirect answer to your question, but I did want to share it with your listeners. So I hope, hopefully, I can put these two things together. Please. Um, the there's a there's a a rule, a, a, a fundamental rule in improvisation. Uh, that makes, you know, when, what improvisation is when, you know, people are making it up on the spot and they're not working with a script. And, you know, it's, if you see stuff like, you know, Whose Line Is It Anyway? Or if you've ever been to an improv club, you know, it's like magical. It's like, wow, you know, it's so interesting. And the, it seems like they must have, planned it before whatever that scene is that they're performing whatever that you know those different characters that they've taken on the story that they're weaving but in fact they're making it up on the spot they really are and what enables them to do that is they're they're like sort of superhero listeners and they listen and the way that improvisers listen is that you say yes and to everything that you hear you say yes to what to the offers, what we call offers that are coming from your scene partner, and um, I think that that kind of listening is incredible, not just for the stage and you know for formal improv, but for the improvisation of everyday life. And so I'm thinking about when someone uh, you could you could come home at the end of the day. And and share stories with each other. You could make up the story of each other's day. Mm. You know, you could you could you could say, you could play yes and, uh, and uh, you know. So uh, some of that will end up going into a fantastical direction, but 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 that's part of the joy of it. You can create and make up stories together. And yes, and is a wonderful tool for that. We literally like play the game when we're teaching people it. Um, you know, you, you come up with a, 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 a title of a story and then uh, each sentence begins with the words yes, and. and. And what that means is that you are saying yes to something that somebody said and you're connecting to it and then you're adding what comes next. And that can be a wonderful way to both spend time uh, but also to share the stories uh, of our lives.
0: Yes. And for <laughs> those of you who need like scientific validation behind what Kathy's talking about, this is what John Gottman talks about when he talks about the bids that we're always making in relationship. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And are we responding to those bids positively? Which would be a yes and or or not responding or negative responding negatively, so um so I love bringing intention to that with yes and 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 having that be a way that you really tune in to what your partner is offering you in yeah. any moment
1: yeah 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 and 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 much of what you know yes and is the hardest what's the the hardest time to do it in quote you know in quote real life I, I put real life in quotes as opposed to stage which i think is actually real life but anyway <laughs> um is when you disagree is when you disagree it's easy to say yes and when you agree so my direction my coaching for people is say yes and do yes and when you disagree Find something in what people are saying, what your partner, what your friend, what your family member, you know, is saying. And sometimes what that means is saying yes to the person. Like, I'm just, I don't agree with a damn thing you're saying. I don't like it, but I love you. I like you. And so I'm going to figure out a way to say yes to you and that this is important to you and that this, you know. And 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 what happens is that in addition to you It changing the helping you change the the nature of the conversation, the the culture of the conversation. uh, You end up going places that you wouldn't you wouldn't go. And uh, there's a Keith Johnstone who is sort of considered one of the uh, the still living you know fathers of you know gurus of improvisation says you know you are rewarded by saying no. You know, it just, you can't go anywhere. But when you say yes, you are rewarded by the adventure that you will go on uh, and the places that you will get to that you would never have gotten to if you didn't say yes.
0: Yeah, yeah. And I I think, because I remember reading that in your book, you're rewarded by adventure and I I want that for everyone listening to this show to feel like their relationship is an adventure. And and I think what you said is when and no, when you say no, you're rewarded with safety.
1: Yes, yes, exactly. Thank you for remembering the quote better than me. You're
0: (laughs) you're welcome. But and I wanted to but I wanted to say it because I actually had a like an, an adjustment to it. Because oh. I feel like we are truly safe when we are facing into what life is offering us, when we're saying yes to our, to the bids, to the offers that are happening around us. So I think when you say no, you actually get a lot more certainty. Um, yes. So, so yes. and that which can masquerade as safety um, but in fact, we're truly much more safe, just as Brene Brown talks about, etc., when we're being vulnerable and taking risks and and able to meet life fully versus shutting down or turning away from it.
1: Yes. Yes, definitely. Well, look love ca- that.
0: Yeah, Kathy, I really appreciate your taking the time to be with us today. I feel like in the in the nature of good improvisation, we could probably talk for a long time. And yes. uh,
1: <laughs> <laughs> I wish we could.
0: Yeah, me too. This has been so fun and so packed. I think with valuable stuff for for me and everyone listening. Um, I hope that if you have been inspired by any of these exercises and you put them into practice, let us know how it goes. You can reach me, Nelius, N-E-I-L-I-U-S at neilsatin.com. Kathy Salit, and that's spelled S-A-L-I-T. She's, um, she's out there on social media, so you can follow her and friend her and, um, please be in touch her book, Performance Breakthrough, is available on Amazon and all those other sites and some brick and mortar stores. And, um, and her organization, Performance of a Lifetime, you can check out their website and find out more about what they're doing in the, in the work world. And, um, Kathy, is there anything else you'd like to say about how people can find out more about you and your work?
1: Oh yeah, just one more thing is that if people I do put out a infrequent but really I I've heard very helpful and valuable newsletter um and so if you would like to get that you can go on to uh you can go to cathyssalet.com uh and uh, you'll be able to weave your way into being able to sign up for my newsletter and then I will send that to you. So, yeah.
0: Great. Yeah. And we will have links to all of that in the show notes. As a reminder, um, all you have to do is go to neilsatin.com slash performance. And that's where you'll have the, the detailed show guide for this episode. Or you can text the word passion to the number 33444 and follow the instructions, which will get you a link to a page where you can download the show notes to this episode and all the other Relationship Alive episodes. Kathy Salit, thank you so much for being here with us today on Relationship Alive.
1: Neil, thank you so much. I had such a lovely time.
0: Thank you for listening to another episode of Relationship Alive. If you like what you've heard and want to make it easier for other people to find out about us, please take a moment to subscribe to our podcast and to rate and review us on iTunes. If you have questions or comments or want to continue the conversation, you can always join our Relationship Alive community Facebook group. And for more information about today's episode, visit us online at neilsatin.com podcast, or you can always text the word passion, P-A-S-S-I-O-N to the number 33444 for more information. Finally, Do you have a burning question that you're hoping we can have answered here on Relationship Alive, either for a future or past guest? Let me know and I'll see what I can do. Take care and see you next time.